0: And we're back with the Selective Listening podcast. My name is Aaron Schilb. I'm the host here every week. And across the table from me today is, uh, I would say, even uh, dare dare I, uh, a longtime pal of mine. Welcome to the show, Mister wow. John Doyle. Everybody, hey. how you doing? A r- uproarious applause. <laughs> no one knows who I am, but here
1: it's an honor to hear that you uh, call us longtime pals because I I was hoping for that. You know,
0: John. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, of course. Welcome to. Uh, the the small podcast studio with the vinyl lined wall, which I thought you did, but you said it was here. No, I did not do any of that. Unfortunately, how sick would that be, though? Yeah, it's like wallpaper from the seventies, and it's, it's I mean, it's literally forties from the seventies. Yeah, no, <laughs> or, it's
1: um, it's so cool, but at the same time, it's kind of sad if you're into vinyl because some of this stuff I wish I could take off and listen to. But yeah, I'm there's sure a forty five
0: just... of uh, Electric Light Orchestra, Evil Woman, right here. That's so cool. Yeah, there's a bunch of cool stuff like that. Aaron, but, uh,
1: Aaron Neville. Yep. Neville Brothers. There's a whole bunch of
0: cool stuff in here. Rick Springfield, but you know, it's James not Taylor's girl, down so. there. Oh, that's yeah, great. It's a it's a cool, uh, cool thing, killing me softly right here. Yeah. It's a cool thing to get to have in the office that makes me look uh a little more like I've got my shit together. Oh, there's a 45 of Dream On. I've never seen that that's one. That's right awesome.
1: There. But yeah, it's cool. What I love about Nashville too is that I can go and I'm from Washington State. Um, so there's not um you know that really rich music history there there is some great music history but here it's just so rich and i love going to mckay's i'm sure you've been to mckay's
0: oh i've I've heard of those but i've never actually gotten to go to the because it's a venue right
1: no it's it's like a used bookstore used records used video games Mm -mm. it's incredible Where, where in town is it i think there's a couple locations but the one that i go to is in bellevue it's on old hickory okay which if you're a Native, or you've lived here long enough, you know the Old Hickory is the most confusing thing in the entire world because it's a street that circles the entire city. The, it's in four
0: separate sections, too, and yeah. none of them are connected. Yep,
1: and in commercials, they'll be like, right off Old Hickory, and you're like, well, but what part of town? <laughs> Anyways, you go in there, and there's like these these bands that you're like, these guys were signed to some Nashville label back in the day. Never heard of them, but I'm going to buy this because it's $1. <laughs> You know what I mean? I live on Sawyer Brown Road in, in Bellevue, and there was a band called Sawyer Brown. I'm like, I'm buying this. And it was just like some band that like, you know, had gotten signed, I'm sure. Maybe they had some sort of success, but I had never, ever once heard of them.
0: Yeah, so thinking of things like that is like I was talking to my dad this morning about how Wedgwood Avenue here has six different names. Did you know that? Magnolia. Or- Wed- Wedgwood changes to um, Blakemore. Right. Blakemore changes to 31st. Then 31st just randomly changes to 28th, mm-hmm. which makes, again, no sense. Yeah. And then uh, 28th changes to, hold on, I'm looking at uh, Google Maps right here. It changes oh. to Ed Temple Road, and then it changes to uh, Rosa Parks Boulevard. So it's it's the weirdest stretch of road that is all the same stretch of asphalt that has six different names yeah so nashville's really not well planned uh where's your dad from my dad's from columbia missouri technically he was born in otterville missouri which is a one-stop sign town
1: okay population 300
0: you're from which town again columbia which is uh very middle of the state is it is that a big town or not really it's a little big town. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, I'm ah. kidding. It's it's got it's got about uh I think it's like fifty five sixty five thousand. Okay. Something, something like that.
1: No, that, yeah. that's pretty
0: big. Let's find out together. Yeah. Population of Columbia, Missouri. Oh crap! One hundred and twenty two thousand. Where have I been?
1: Yeah. I've been in Nashville. Never. Yeah. Long. Yeah. <laughs> my my town back home was kind of like that too, where it felt small to me. And I miss that small feel sometimes. But when you really look at the number – and I remember I went to community college and I ran on the, uh, the track team. And I was like, yeah, I'm from a small town, um, Camas, Washington. And everyone was just laughing at me because they were all from these really small towns of like – That are actual small yeah, towns. Yeah, like the graduating class was 80 kids or something. And mine, <laughs> mine was like 500. and I thought that was, you know, oh, we all know each other kind yeah, of – Yeah, my graduating class had like 850
0: and – like, I remember sitting at graduation being like, I've never seen you before. Mm-hmm. I've never seen you yeah. before. I've mm-hmm. never seen you before. Because I went to a, such a big high school that our fine arts program had an entirely separate building, like campus. So I never had to leave the fine arts building. And we, cool called it, in we called it the farts building, <laughs> F arts. But uh, we, we stayed there the whole time. So we never had to go to, to the general population. Yeah, And like... We, we knew everybody in mm-hmm. our building, but then, like, we would have parties and, like, the jocks weren't invited. It's so, like we, we didn't know who they were. Totally. Because we just lived in our, literally our own world.
1: Yeah. But kind of all, back on the topic of, of your dad being like – I forget. Did you say that you were telling him <laughs>
0: – About Wedgwood and yeah. change changed names.
1: My dad's from Chicago, which is, like, the city that had a chance to rebuild because of the fire however many years ago. Mm-hmm. And so that city is 100% on a grid. So, like, yes. if, you, if you want to, you can back into a neighborhood and take someone's, you know, street all the way to wherever you want to go parallel to the, the main road. It mm-hmm. doesn't matter. And so my dad being from there, um, he comes here and he's like, this is this is crazy. You know, and
0: yeah, looking at the map of Nashville roads, like there's there is no grid system at all here not at all even it looks downtown. like someone dropped a plate of spaghetti on the floor
1: well even getting <laughs> here even getting here i was at my aunt's house and she lives in in WeHo, as they call it now WeHo, Wedgewood, wedgwood houston um <laughs> that's what they call it now though um which is very up and coming but i headed over here and i had to take a left turn but then it was like i had to take this like weird like i had to like basically flip a Yui, but then, then it was turning on to right. you know it was just crazy to get here like it would not have been the way i would have thought so how long have you lived here I've lived here since 2016. You got me beat. I'm, yep. not, I'm a 2017 guy. It's crazy. Time flies, dude. I remember when I moved here and I got my first job and I was like, yeah, I just moved here six months ago. And people were just like, oh, my gosh, you're so new. And it literally feels like yesterday I was saying that to people. I don't know what happened between then and now.
0: Well,
1: the, I mean, like the cities. I mean, I don't want to say it's just now blowing up because I guess
0: it's been blowing up for like 10 years. But like, I feel like since we moved here, it's changed a
1: ton. And I feel like so when I moved here, I remember seeing this statistic that I think a lot of people know. It's kind of a famous one. A hundred people move here per day. I've that heard was that. that was one thing that was said when I moved here. And I remember being like, oh, cool. Um, but I honestly haven't really thought, holy shit, this city is getting crazy until I would say last year and this year. Yeah, COVID really kind of started doing a number
0: on it because it was open mm-hmm. and people just wanted to go fuck shit up
1: Mm -hmm. and And working downtown i'd never seen it busier than covid those do you remember the days of
0: when uh we were oh god what what was the venue alley taps downtown Mm -hmm. when they would close the doors and it was quote closed yes
1: god that was very special
0: it was a special time prohibition era it was very special because that's definitely where a bunch of people got covid. Yeah. Um but it was like really special because Is that the statute of limitations is that expired now?
1: I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. I cuz Well uh, for our
0: 50 listeners, if any of you are police officers, uh don't tell anyone.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they don't care. But yeah, but yeah, uh uh that was so special cuz basically if if you weren't there it was the show started when six o'clock or something. Yeah. six o'clock. It would go till sometimes late, but the latest it would usually go was what, maybe eleven.
0: Mm, yeah, so that was back when they had the bar curfew. Right. So they would end it like ten or eleven, and uh, then like the venue would be. It was like, all right, everybody, the venue's closed, and then wank wank. They'd shut the garage doors. Mm-hmm. Um, shut they'd the close door. the one door in and out. There's no. Mm. Like there was no like legit back door. But yeah, uh Alley Taps was is in the basement of a giant office building. Yeah. And if you come in from the office building front on Fourth Avenue, mm-hmm. you can go like down the industrial elevator, which lets you out into the back. And if you had a passcode, you could get in. So there was, it was literally like a fucking speakeasy.
1: So yeah, I I had played there when they had done that a couple times and I'd been there already. When they'd done that, but uh, one of my good friends who actually kind of got us even closer, Mackenzie, you know, she, she really, uh, she moved here just before the pandemic. Shout out, Mackenzie. Shout out, Mackenzie. She was uh, just done with school, nursing school. So shout out to her again, because she was starting as a nurse when COVID had just started. Mm -hmm. Um, But she was going out during the whole, you know, pandemic and stuff like that. Um, Maybe we can cut that out, I guess, not to throw anyone under the bus. but uh (laughs) to throw one under the bus so anyways she um knew you because she was going to those shows and she had mentioned yeah like one day they put us in the freight elevator that's how I got in but I've never experienced that but it was that was so special to me because those shows were the first time I think I'd felt like I I would have been cool if I died right after that to be (laughs) honest which sounds kind of dark and crazy but you know after years of playing in in small bands and and being in Portland Oregon and you know, having to, they hand you a stack of tickets and say they're 15 a piece and try to get as many people here as you can. If you and don't get 10 a, people show up, 10 people show up. Cause it's a Thursday night and there's nine bands on the bill, which is yep. different than what you do. Um, cause you've kind of got this like built in crowd. So it doesn't yeah. matter how many bands are on people shuffle in and out. Um, after years of doing that, those shows were probably the most successful I ever felt as a musician. Cause mm-hmm. there'd be like 200 people in there. Yeah, you know, and I was like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, this is this is awesome. And then you maybe hand me 40 bucks. And even that's like the most successful I've ever felt. It's like <laughs> and so those are really special to me. And then on top of that, we always hire out drummers. I don't have a real band. And so one one of the times our drummer showed up and he was like, yo, uh, I'm going to go ahead and just pop in when we play and then I'm going to leave. This is the most people <laughs> I've been around since the pandemic started. No disrespect or anything, man. Wish I could stay, but like, I'm super uncomfortable right now. We were just like, "That's fine." I think him and our guitarist that we hired wore masks because they were just like, "No, couldn't fucking do it." Mm-mm. Like, they would have rather played outside or something if they could, but that just, you know.
0: Yeah, I remember like I I was all for like trying to not fuck up the problem worse with sure with uh tri- with with wearing masks and everything, but there was there was a line where like 200 people in that tiny ass bar. It's like no number of masks would have stopped the spread. Just like, honestly, COVID was also one of the least of my worries of what I might catch in that bar.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and I think I'd already had it by then,
0: and I was. Oh, I had like, already had it, so I had that nice natural immunity.
1: Yeah, I, I felt like I was healthy enough to be ar- be around that, and and my dad got to come out from one of those shows too, and he lives up in Washington State, and so that was a very strict state, and he was just like, "Oh my God, this is amazing! This is so cool! <laughs> it's like it's happening!" Yeah, he just he didn't realize how how open it was going to be, and so it was it was special to have him there, and yeah, it was just. Such a good time. I,
0: I got a lot of nostalgia attached to those those shows because it's like that was at the time that was the most people that had ever come to a tour stop show. Really? And it was like I I didn't like that. That is what taught me to like hone in a crowd was because I had never had to be like a big larger than life MC before. Okay. And I was like shit. I can't just walk up and be like hey guys.
1: Yeah. Welcome to the show. Yeah. I had to I had to turn into somebody. <laughs> yeah, and I I forgot to mention that. I mean, I, I guess I didn't see you having that uh, that growth because I you know I come in and out of these shows and I've been to some and but I mean for the people who go there weekly, I'm sure they've seen you just you know evolve as a as a host. Oh yeah, um, I get
0: I get that comment a lot where some people are like, Aaron, you're like Bugs Bunny, like you're literally a cartoon <laughs>
1: character. <laughs> You've definitely created this little kind of cult following where it's like people know the whole "yeehaw, motherfucker" thing.
0: <laughs> it's framed on the wall.
1: I saw that. Why does it say? Why does it say
0: blah blah blah? So, uh, in God February of this year, 2022, the year of our Lord, Blake Shelton. That's that's something I'm what? saying right now. <laughs> uh, we did a video for tour stop about our company's growth with uh, bringing some other people on board and. Um, we set, we like fictionalized it as a press conference.
1: Oh, that's right. I saw that. And, that was
0: uh, funny. Aaron Cooper, who was our content director at the time is no longer with us. She just hosts the podcast with okay. me, yeah. but, uh, she was interviewing She's just blowing me. up, right? Yeah, yeah. She was, she was interviewing me about like what the company was. Yeah. And I was like, we are now an integrated digital media company. She just looks at me like deadpan goes, what is that? Yeah. And, uh, then she says, um, well, well like what what does that mean and i said uh, i don't know that's what they told me to say and she goes well how would you say it and then it pans down to see blah 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 yeehaw motherfucker and it's like <laughs> that's literally all it is It's just dumb bullshit
1: oh man that uh brings up a good point the reason that i met you and i don't know if you remember this Mm-mm. um i have zero recollection of how you and i met so you were doing shows at live oak okay which i don't know if whatever, uh, which was Frisky Frogs at one point, which I like, oh, I like that name. Oh, R.I.P. Frisky Frogs. I like that name better. I know it's like the exact same place, but like, I just like Frisky Frogs. You know what I mean? I'd rather mm-hmm. say, hey, meet me at Frisky Frogs, because that's just like stupid. Yeah, it's, it's dumb. Yeah, it's People just dumb. People love dumb shit. Yeah, they do. Um, so you were putting on a show there. I forget why I was there, but I work right down the street, so I might have been there after work. Or maybe I just like liked that place. I forget. And... I don't think I knew that you were like the host of the show, but I knew that it was like some sort of showcase and the bands that were playing weren't country. Mm-hmm. And I mean, some of them were, and they were That's good. I really
0: don't like country music, <laughs>
1: <laughs> which is really special. So the bands weren't country. And one of the bands was even like, kind of like a band I thought would fit well with us. I forget now it's been so long. And I immediately like, went over there and was like, shook your hand. I was like, Hey, like. This is cool, uh, and then I think I got your Instagram, or like you gave me your card, or I don't know what what it was, but that was when I got in contact with you, and then we had a show planned, um, for literally the week after everything shut down at, really? at Live Oak. At Live so that Oak. would have
0: been March of, March 2020. Yeah. Yes,
1: it was something like that, and I was really excited for that show because for people who don't know, um, Live Oak, or just that that location, we'll just say that location. Um, it has a, a built in crowd because it's, it's touristy mm-hmm. and I think it's really important in Nashville to expose tourists or any crowd that'll listen to things that are good. One, good music, whether it's country or not and things that aren't necessarily country. Um, and so that's what I saw there and that's why I was like, I have to talk to this guy because before that I was playing at places like, uh, Springwater, which is a great historic venue and. And I was kind of grouped in with like the heavy metal, mm-hmm. hardcore punk thing, and right. I, our sound was a little bit too poppy for that, and so it was like Springwater is very hardcore, yeah. And so I was kind of like, where am I going to play? Because I really, I started thinking about, I really want to be able to play on like Demumbrian Hill. I right. think, I think that we would do fine there. I think people would go, oh, they were cool, you know. And so like when I saw you doing that, I was like, I have to do this. Like, and then we had a show. And I think, I think, um, what is Greg's band's name? They're pop punk kind of. Oh my gosh. Oh,
0: oh! I know who you're talking about. Friends with Mike Dunbar. Yes. Um, God, I cannot remember the name of his band. Yeah, the danger or the the Righteous Noise. Yeah, Righteous Noise. The they righteous had noise. something
1: at the same time too, because um, he ended up dating my friend mm-hmm. Mackenzie for a while, and we had talked about doing a show together. Anyways, so yeah, it's all kind of a big story, and I like hearing everyone's story of how they met Aaron, because a lot of them are more hilarious than that. Mine's pretty tame.
0: So I've been I'm looking at the 2020 calendar here for Live Oak and. Um, it's funny looking back at some of these bands because a lot of them were pretty, pretty like pop country, but then I scrolled down and I was like, okay, Sarah Sturm is like an R&B artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, then, uh, God, was it, was it a, a fr- female fronted band or a male fronted band you saw that you were thinking of?
1: They were I like, think,
0: I think what you might, who you might've seen was called Hard Redemption.
1: Maybe. Yeah. They were like a dude playing like a ES-335. It was like red, I think. It was just weird. I remember that um and they were just like rock i don't remember they may have been a little bit like rockabilly too i don't know but it was did you see a maybe it's been Dude, so he plays a 330 a red 335 might have been them uh but i just remember being like i could fit in with these guys and it wouldn't be weird and as far as like what my music sounds that's like, so. that
0: i mean that's my kind of music is like i mean i work with country because that's what nashville does but and there's good country there's a lot of good country music here, but it's like, I don't want, I don't sit in my car and drive somewhere and like, mm, let's flip on country radio. Yeah. I'm like, honestly, what I was listening to on the way over here w- was a playlist called uh, 90s Road Trip. <laughs> it's like, well, still the one by Shania Twain had to have come on then. Yeah. So uh, Tourstop is doing a show on August 13th this year called Nashville Pool Stop. Sick. And it is a 90s themed. Um, When is that? It is a 90s themed pool party at the Dive Motel on August 13th Oh my god, I wish I was ready for that That sounds so much fun Yeah, it's a Saturday afternoon from noon to 6pm We haven't made a formal announcement about it Yeah But we're gonna have uh, a couple of DJs doing like 90s hits Mm Mm-hmm and then we're going to have a live band doing all 90s covers. That's fun. And we're going to have, like, guests come up and, like, I don't want to say karaoke sing 90s songs, but, like, that's kind of the vibe. It's
1: like of just... like Emo Night, where it's, like, the band plays, but they get to get up and sing. Yeah,
0: and it's like, I think that'd be fucking sick to just be like, all right, who wants to come sing, like, Shania Twain now? Exactly. Because I know there's going to be some drunk white girl after seven white claws. Who's and like, the sun. Who's like, I want to sing and you're like, Let's mm, do it. Yes. okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get her another White Claw and see what happens.
1: Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I love that, man. That's so cool.
0: It's going to be a ton of fun. It's a yeah. ton of work, like planning big shows like that. Yeah. Because there's like, I have to coordinate the sponsors and the venues and the performers and then my stuff and none of these people talk to each other. So I'm the conduit to all of it. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately for me, Everyone else sucks at communicating. So I have to email people like three times to be like, hey, so can you meet with me and talk about shit? And they're like, oh, well, sure. When do you want to meet? And I'm like, go back to the email that you just responded to that says, can you meet on the 29th at 6 or something like that. It's just like, like, it's a pain in my ass.
1: Yeah, that's awesome, man. What's the – what's – which band is like going to be the house band? Clayton Man, do you know him? I don't think so. Yeah, he's a he's he a sounds long, like he's talented.
0: He's a he's a tour stop lifer, as I call him. That's awesome. People who've been involved for years and years and years. But he's a, he's a Broadway guy, okay. by trade, yeah. and he does so he does lots of touring, yeah, doing cover gigs. So his band knows a lot of this, yeah. like '90s stuff. But he's also no problem. Like, he, like so, he he plays the the role of like the. The, like honky tonk country dude but he's a, he's a shredder like he is, he is a Metallica guy
1: those those band it's it's hard to be in Nashville sometimes because you've got one end of the thing where people are tourists and they they're like oh my god this is Nashville wow like i'm i'm going to move a block from Broadway i'm moving here and then so they think it's just Broadway and then there's people who hate Broadway and then but what what i always tell tourists cuz i think a lot of people are like tell us the spots to go that isn't touristy and i'm like listen if you want to see some of the best players in this town, Broadway's still Broadway is the place to it. see it because these guys know thousands of songs.
0: They know thousands of songs and they play
1: nine hours a day. They're insane. They're, like, a, they're absolutely insane. They, I could never they got do their it.
0: They 10,000 hours real fast.
1: 100%. I, I'm, you know, there's been times where I've tried to jump into that or like think let's head that direction with my playing or singing or whatever and ultimately it's just not me. I'm a writer and that's it and, and those guys down there, guys and girls down there, it's, they're incredible it's yeah it's it's amazing
0: but it's a it's a lifestyle thing it is because like you you have you do nothing else it's like you if you i mean the, the at least the full timers down there mm-hmm. like they work it they work it you're, you're doing doubles five days a week so yep. i mean if you put it in a perspective like that you're doing your 40 hour work week but you're doing it playing songs which is awesome yeah but then you also have to realize you're gonna play chicken fried yes 15 20 yes. 30
1: times a week it becomes a job for them you know the rest of us get to enjoy getting our occasional show or whatever and oh cool a crowd came out that was amazing i f- feel like i'm on top of the world for them crowd's gonna come out every night and they're gonna play chicken fried and they're gonna get tired of it and, it's, and then, but it's the odd. audiences
0: down on broadway don't i i don't want to say don't ever but probably way less than it like a, a like an original showcase you're not uh you're not googling or following these people to like Oh what's uh oh I liked this guitar player I wonder what what he's doing tomorrow night. You're just like, "Oh shit, I'm going to come back to this bar. That was cool." Oh, it's a different guy. Oh, well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and the bars all have their their own thing going yeah. on. I mean, you know, Kid Rocks is like absolutely insane. And the only reason by the way that I know about this stuff is cuz I worked down there. So, I, it's not like I hang out down there, but we've all ended up down there. So, I know what you do,
0: <laughs> but tell uh, tell the listeners here what it is that you do because I have a I have some thoughts.
1: <laughs> well, I did before I worked there. Uh, I work. I work at the Nashville Pedal Tavern, Nashville's you original pedal tavern. Of those. <laughs> yes, I am. Uh, I had a buddy, best friend of mine, worked there. He got it through another buddy. Uh, he said, "Listen, you're going to make the most amount of money you can for the least amount of work. Do you want to do it?" And I said, "Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, sounds great." Um, and it's been amazing. It's so you just have to. Be, you have to keep. How many do they
0: hold? Fourteen people. F- 15, Twelve people. Fifteen. Fifteen. Mm-hmm. So that's with the the two seats on the back that aren't pedaling, right?
1: Three people on the back. There's two non-pedal seats over the over the wheel wells, and then there's 12 peddlers or uh, 10, 12 peddlers. Yeah.
0: God. Mm-hmm. So, my favorite thing is being outside and having a drink. <laughs> I cannot think of adding exercise <laughs> to the same deal.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's crazy, dude. I mean, I think that like everybody who. You know, is from here and and kind of hates on that stuff. I get it, but it's also like I think they just people, go so slow. They do. Um, but we're really small. We're kind of we're able to get into the bike lanes and out of the way, and a lot of those big buses aren't. So how fast do these uh, pedal taverns actually go? Uh, well, we're not really supposed to go very fast down a hill. Um, you know, because you can't take those things fast around a, around a corner or anything. It's what's it's their un- what's
0: their top speed on just like a, a flat road? Like when you're going over uh, when you're going over the Demondrian Bridge there
1: probably so like 10
0: miles an hour it's gotta or less. Be like 10 12 yeah the most yeah so no faster than a regular bicycle
1: pretty much i would say that like if someone's you know on a road bike hauling it they're they're way faster okay. these are very slow um you do get people who are very excited to be there very excited to pedal i had a group of polish people the other day and polish people are just the best people in the world for some what reason. people polish polish people yeah, from poland yeah. all right we get people from all over the world it's insane so i had these six people from poland and they were so excited to be there. They were laughing the whole time, and we were moving as fast as a car.
0: There's no, there's no alcohol served on them, right? People bring their own. They bring their own. Gotcha.
1: Yeah. I think that's just because it kind of protects us or something. But that's yeah, how they all so, work. So
0: that you're not, you're you're not a liquor distributor. Yeah, you're not a bartender.
1: At the same time, though, we can cut people off because you just have to. Right. Yeah. You're not a bartender. Yeah. So, but anyways, so what's
0: that? What's that tap on all of them?
1: the they they, they're made in holland um and when they're made when they come to us you can tap a keg okay but we don't do that so in theory you could also tap a keg of water that'd be sick in Um, theory that's a good idea uh yeah you can tap a keg but we just don't do it because we end downtown so it's like if we were going to tap a keg we would have to provide it and if they were going to provide their own keg it'd be like hey here's half the keg left and you're on Broadway now, what are you going to do with it? You know right. what I mean? So it's like we give them back their closed Bud Lights if they want, but most of the time people go, hey, I don't want these. We're going out to Broadway yeah, now. Yeah, because
0: a keg, I mean, even if you tapped a small keg, it'd still be like 60 beers. Mm-hmm. So It'd be too much. If you've got 15 people on there, people are still going to have four or five beers each. And between Midtown and Broadway, if people are having five beers, they're going to get
1: hammered. And there's a psychological thing to it as well. Like, you know, if you've got a bunch of college guys or if you've got a bunch of uh, a bachelor party and you challenge them to – if you accidentally challenge a group of bachelors to not finishing their drinks, then you've got guys who are belligerent all of a sudden. You know what I mean? So it's (laughs) like you don't – you have to be careful with how you're going to – you don't want to challenge anybody to – it's hot out. You're not going to try to challenge anybody to get too drunk. You know what I mean? So it's like it's very... because there's
0: people who take that challenge every day downtown. Yes.
1: yes, yes. So,
0: well, okay. So one of the questions I like to ask people is, uh, do you do you have a uh, like a, a time you like got super drunk on Broadway story? Because I've I've got my fair share, and um, oh
1: man, yes. Of some course. people some people have better stories than others. Yes. Um, you can pick one. This is embarrassing, kind of. <laughs> there's one that stands out. I've mostly controlled myself well enough to where, you know, of course, I'll get an Uber. I'm not going to drive or anything like that. But I... Uh,
0: if I'm going to Broadway, there's no... Way, like, com- alcohol
1: unrelated. I don't want to park No, downtown. it's like 70 bucks to park. Yeah. <laughs> and if I'm going to go, it's going to be a weekday. This was whatever day the pandemic started. It was, you know... What was that? March, March fifteenth. It was it was right before.
0: Let's see, that would have been right before Saint Patrick's Day, two thousand twenty.
1: I think I'd worked the day before. Okay, and the group was really nice, and they were like, "Hey, you gotta like come out with us. Like it'd be fun. Come out with us tomorrow." And so you know, the next day I didn't work or anything, and and our bosses, you know, texted us just says everyone's bosses did and said. Hey guys, like, really sorry, but like, uh, as of today, like, we're done for for two weeks. Two (laughs) weeks to
0: stop the spread. (laughs) Oh my god, two weeks to flatten the
1: curve. Happy happy uh, two year anniversary to two weeks Mm -hmm. to flatten the curve. So so they said, guys, we're sorry, we're done for two weeks until further notice. Um, and so you know we're all kind of freaking out. Everyone everyone's freaking out. The world's freaking out. Um, but that group had invited me out, and I kind of told my roommate, I'm like, is it wrong if I go out? Because I know that there's covid and one of the girls was like a nurse and i'm you know if someone in the medical field tells me like it's fine then i'm i'm just gonna be like yep okay yep and so she was kind of like i think it's not gonna be a big deal and so she invited me out and my roommate drops me off at losers downtown on fourth <laughs> they had just you know i got there and there was jello shots ready for me and um, that's broadway yeah and it was like this really nice group of people they were like from canada or something and, and uh yeah, they bought, just kept buying me shots, and they made me shot kind of beer. Like, they already had it ready, you oh know what I mean? Oh, my God. And then we ended up at Kid Rocks, and then uh, it started really going downhill there, and, like, I was kind of holding it together. But I think what ended up happening was I was, like, drunk enough to where I thought, okay, another round of shots. Like, they're going to want this. So I did the dumb thing that you some people have a problem with when they drink, where they just money is just money doesn't exist doesn't exist. I bought a round of shots for everyone that was there. I think there was maybe six of us, so it was like you know nine hundred dollars or something. (laughs) And everybody in the group goes, "Dude, no, I'm not taking that." So I think I took three of them or something. Oh god! I think what ended up happening was, and I've done this a couple of times. I ended up just feeling so sick. I didn't like throw up or anything, but I felt so sick. In the bathroom at Kid Rocks. And then I ended up just Irish exiting. Didn't even say bye to them. Just Irish exiting. I do that all the time. Yeah. I did
0: that at a show last night.
1: Yeah. It's so nice to do it because if you don't Irish exit, you kind of have to go through the trouble of just the small talk goodbye. Oh, uh, yeah. I
0: got, I'm, I'm, I'm beat, man. Like, I got a long day tomorrow. Fuck that. Then you're going to deal with the possibility of someone being like, oh, come on. I don't want to deal with that. You know what I mean? Yeah. O- or I like to yeah. Irish exit. And see, the best part about that is then that pe- nobody notices for like... 20 minutes, yeah. 30 minutes. And no and one's like, mad at you. Yeah, and they're like, yo, where are you? You're like, I left like a while ago.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, and it was funny because Mackenzie was living with me at the time, and she had texted me earlier in the night and was like, if you need a ride, let me know, I'll come get you. But I was like so drunk that I just got in the first taxi I saw. <laughs> or maybe it was a new, no, I got into a lift. Like, I think there was a lift, and I ordered okay. it, got in. Um, And if you don't know this already, if you throw up, um, not in a lift, but out the window and you get it on the car mm-hmm. that still counts <laughs> that counts it's cheaper it's fifty dollars but they oh. send you they email you a picture of the damage oh so it's kind of a point of pride now. <laughs> not really but like it's, it's just like so funny because the next day i wake up and i get this email from lyft and it's like damage you know is $50 charge car wash and then they have this picture of a car with just this like (laughs) smear on the outside of the so I'm proud of myself for throwing up on the on on onto the outside of the car and at least not inside because I think it's $200 if you throw up on the inside Um, I charged
0: a guy $200 once for dropping a hot dog with relish mustard and ketchup onto my back seat
1: oh you did you did lift for a while
0: I did lift for about three months and that was the the last ride that I did yeah guy dropped he had gotten like one of those like Delicious, disgusting daddy's dogs. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's just gonna be He got he's he's like, Is it cool if we bring our food in here? And I was like, Yeah, sure. Oh no. Right. And immediately he goes, Bite drop. Yeah. And it was
1: everywhere. The real lifer Lyft drivers and, and uber drivers have the car that's like their car for that mm-hmm. and you get it and everything's coated in just plastic like plastic it, it's set for that yeah
0: i drove for lyft for about three months uh so i started doing nashville tour stop full-time in april or may of 2019 mm-hmm. and um back then i made z- uh, hard zero dollars and zero cents doing the show and uh, I had gotten fired from my job on 12 South, so really, I got yeah, story time. All right, but I got fired from my job on 12 South and had to make some money to pay rent. So for June, July, and August of 2019, I drove for Lyft, mm-hmm. and like you can make a ton of money. Yeah, driving for Lyft. Like I drove during the uh, Queen and Adam Lambert concert, mm-hmm. it made like 500 bucks. Really. Yeah, because, I mean, when it's surge pricing, uh, you get paid to wait in these areas, like by the arenas mm-hmm. and stuff, mm-hmm. and just it's like 25 cents a minute or 50 cents a minute you just sit there. But if there's 100 cars in front of you, you're sitting for like a long time. So you get maybe a $25 bonus on top of your drive plus the tip. So each ride ends up paying out, like, 75 bucks or something. Wow. So you do five or six of those. You just keep going and queuing for the line to get 75,000 people out of downtown.
1: Right, unless one of them uh, requests a ride to, like, Memphis, and mm-hmm. you have no choice. <laughs> did you have? Is, do you have any stories of that? Uh-uh. Where someone's like, yeah, Clarksville, and you're like, oh. Oh, wait, yes. Okay, so I did have one of those. It was
0: – so I lived in East Nashville at the time when I was doing that, mm-hmm. and I got a uh, – a request for a ride in um, Madison or some, or Hendersonville, In Hendersonville, which for those of you who don't live here is uh, like 25-ish minutes drive north of town. So I got a pickup from there to drop off at Arrington Vineyards.
1: That's so far. Do you know where that is? Yeah, I've been there. I don't know. I can't picture it, but it's like that's Arrington far. Arrington Vineyards from is is to there. in
0: Arrington, Tennessee, which is super far away from Nashville. So it was like a 90-minute drive. Was that one of the worst days of your life? It was one of the worst. It was the only ride I did Mm -hmm. the whole day because it took two and a half hours. Mm -hmm. So I picked these people up in Hendersonville, drove them to the vineyard, picked up a ride from the vineyard back and dropped them off downtown. And... Uh, when Lyft is busy, they auto-queue your next ride. They, like, they don't let you accept it or deny it. So, uh, I auto-queued it and just didn't pick it up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I was just get, like... What happens if you do that?
0: Uh, you you get, like, a mark on your account that okay. says, like, you you lose, like, your driver star rating. And I was just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah. It was just like, I drove for two and a half hours and made $18. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. it was dumb. That like, sucks. it hardly covered my gas, which back then was only $2 a gallon. Yeah. But also RIP.
1: Yeah. I've had some interesting Lyft deals too, where like, uh, I was with my cousin once and she lives, she used to live in Hillsborough village and I live in Bellevue and they drove her home. They dropped her off. And I was like, dude, I have cash. Can you please drive me to Bellevue? Yeah. Like, what do you want? You know what I mean? He was kind of like, cause I think they think he's not going to pay me yeah. or he's going to give me less. And I was like, here it is. Like, seriously, what do you want? And like, <laughs> he was bummed, but he, he ultimately, I think I gave him like you know, I had a couple of drinks. I think I gave him like 40 bucks to drive That's me to a good drive. Me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, and it's really not that far. So, yeah. Um, man, the life of a Lyft driver. Though. Life of a Lyft driver.
0: Well, here, let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come right back with the Selective Listening Podcast. We're back with the Selective Listening podcast. My name is Aaron, and I'm the host here. And uh, across the table from me, as you've been listening for the last uh, 40 minutes or so, is my pal, my buddy, uh, someone who also has
1: curly hair, <laughs> Mr. John Doyle. Uh, and I know that you're going to get the most listeners for the for my podcast because I've got the blue check mark on Instagram. So you're welcome. You got the blue no, check? <laughs> no, absolutely not. I'm not famous at all. I was about to be like, "Damn, how'd you do that?" <laughs> yeah, right.
0: So somebody sent me speaking of the blue check mark, a uh, buddy of mine named James Gray sent me a video on Instagram the other day mm-hmm. with the CEO of Instagram talking about how to get verified. And he's like, Oh, well, yeah, you just go to your settings and there's this like request verification. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Okay, so we did we weren't literally asking where is the button? We're asking like what is the code to the matrix to getting it.
1: Yes, cuz there's people that have it and you're like how the fuck did you get Oh this? yeah, there's
0: some people who straight up there's there's got to be like a a, a byway through. There has to be. Because I mean, I've seen people with 2000 followers that are verified and I'm like there is no way.
1: I worked with a girl who's verified uh, a couple years ago and it's like I just don't see how. Like,
0: it's like Whiskey Jam, our biggest competitor at Tour Stop didn't get verified until they had 115,000 followers. And like I'm trying to get verified for Tour Stop at like 7,500 and like I get it there's no press about us like yeah it's like we're notable and three zip codes yeah not anywhere else mm-hmm.
1: and it's gonna feel better to earn it instead of buying yeah. it yeah you know cause there's
0: there is some and stuff that's, out there goes, that goes the same for like followers and all the same shit mm-hmm. for all these people who are like my song is on country radio right now, and it's real good. And it's like, oh well, your mommy and daddy paid forty radio stations in Kentucky to play it. Even Sorry. if even
1: if you paid that many, it's still sad. It's like, you know, because mu- people who are musicians know when they see somebody, and then they go listen to the song, and they go, nope, this isn't good enough. No, you know what I mean. And even I, I'll admit, it's like I haven't written a hit. I don't think you know I haven't written something that that I think. I've written things that make me feel good but I haven't necessarily written something that I thought this is this deserves to be a hit. You right. You know what I mean? And so it's like when you go and listen to the people who are on there sometimes it's like okay whatever they probably are a trust fund band but this song's not bad and then sometimes they're just downright bad and you're like everyone knows dude. Yep. Everyone knows that you bought this.
0: Yeah. You see people who have like 25,000 followers and then they're getting 18 likes on their pictures and you're like Mm-hmm. You think we can't see that?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, I think Instagram's best move was hiding like counts for a while. was because it hid that mm-hmm. threshold where people could see that you were lying, but then they brought it back.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately people like the likes.
0: They like, they do. It is the dumbest serotonin, or what is it, dopamine? Yeah. It is the dumbest dopamine button. Just like, mm. Mm. It's Like the other day, I posted this, a reel on the tour stop instagram yeah and like i like i don't give a shit mm-hmm. about some of like reels and tiktok i don't get it sure. but i posted this short reel using a sound from uh i s a s a a l b who knows what that means or what that is not me but it was. I took uh, six or seven like live iPhone photos, just the the Harry Potter motion ones, mm-hmm. and put those into a reel template. Mm-hmm. And the reel got eighty five hundred views and five hundred likes. And immediately, I was like, "It took me six seconds to make this, and I didn't try at all." And then some of the stuff that I've put hundreds of dollars into creating gets seen by thirty people. Yes, which is proof that like investing shit tons of money into something might
1: see no return it just has to be lightning in a bottle or luck or, or literally right the time um i'll never have it figured out honestly if i ever have some large amount of success success it's going to be from luck or i'm going to hire somebody who knows what the. <laughs> So what what would success be for for John Doyle?
0: Because I, I like when I first moved here, I like everyone wants to come here and be like a fucking rock star. Yes. But my first like big like I made it goal was paying my rent with money I made from music. That's and awesome. I, I remember the first time I did that, and I was like, I fucking made it, Dad. Yeah, I did it.
1: Yeah, I mean, as you get older, things get more realistic. Um, you know, when I moved here, I was twenty three. And I'm 28 now. And I think when I moved here, it was like, let's go there and make it. Um, and then I, I'm trying to think of when that sort of like became more realistic. Probably like around the pandemic time, it was just like, I'm just going to write songs that I really like. And like I said, my, my goal, I think my goal before we played with you was if I could fill up a venue like downtown, because it's obviously not all me, but if I could play to like a sold out crowd that would be not where I say I'm done because I'm giving up now because I've made it. But like that to me was like, just that's just so great. And then you look
0: out into the audience and you can't see the end of the people and you're just like,
1: damn, or people are kind of like into it, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I can't claim to be the band that the most people were into that night or any of the nights I played, but it's like to have people kind of jumping or like being like, Oh, that was a cool sound. You guys are cool. You know, that to me was like, Oh man, like I made it. And then I had, um, Early on, before I moved here, I was part of some sort of publishing company and (laughs) we had a couple songs on Teen Mom on MTV. Did you really? Yeah. (laughs) We had a couple songs on Teen Mom. I think we got some songs um, bought for like training videos for employees. Okay. Stuff like that. It was just in the background we were like super pop punk. So it was very like, you know, fitting for. Employee training and just stuff like that. Oh my God! And I think I made like four hundred bucks from BMI one time, and I was. Doesn't like, that make you feel like a fucking rock star when you get paid to do shit? Yeah, and at the time that was like a hundred dollars short of my rent because this right. was, this was so many years ago that Nashville was still kind of cheap. So yeah, I felt like I made it. um It would be nice to be, it would just be nice to be making money off of it. But if I never do, that's fine. If I, as long as I'm. Alive I'll be making songs that make me feel good, you know what I mean? So,
0: so right now I am looking through the twenty twenty one calendar from um Alley Taps mm-hmm. and let's see if I can't find the the show. Oh, so the show you played We did was, two. You did okay, so you did two. The one I see here first is um on April twenty second, you played So you played The Basement on June 23rd, and okay, let's go back all the way to the top. So your first one that you did was February 11th. Where was that at? February 11th, 8.30 to 9 p.m., full
1: band at Alley Taps. That was with Dylan on drums, Mm -hmm. and we played with tracks and ears, and it went really well, but it was like, that was stressful, never doing that again.
0: And then the next one was April twenty second, which is definitely the show that you played, where the venue was packed.
1: Yes, because on the
0: lineup that night we had Tori Grace, Tori Jackson, Meg Riley,
1: Emery Adeline, Mm -hmm. John and Joe, and Hunter Taylor. Mm -hmm. And Hunter Taylor got up there, and I think this is who this was. And he was like, "Out in the country, past the city limit sign." He did like that was his first song. "Yeah, Yeah." Yeah, and God, dude, people went insane. And I was like, "That's cool." You know, this guy's. This guy, a great way to close the show is kind of like, hey, we're drunk enough. Let's go. Let's do this. Yeah. Let's have this guy get up there and just be. Yeah. So what's these. so
0: fun about all of the stuff that I do with Tour Stop is like I get to I get to see my friends like get to feel like fucking rock stars. Yes. But then I get to go back like right now and look at the data from the fact like so let me find the show. So that was April 22nd mm-hmm. of uh, 2021, the year of our Lord uh, Luke Bryan. And on April 22nd, let's see how many people were there when you played. When you played at Alley Taps that night, there were 123 people watching that show. I hand-counted them all. And that, that bar's capacity
1: is 83. Yeah. So it was packed. Yeah. And it was an honor because the first time we played, that was also a good one. I think there was maybe 100. And my dad was there. And then that time we played, um, Joe's parents were there. Nice. And it was just cool. Like, I don't know. To me, it, it really felt like we were just making it. You know what I mean? Yeah, the
0: first night you played there, on the 11th, there were 105. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's so funny because people, people. you're like, I remember there
1: being like 100 people there, and I could literally go back and be like, this is exactly how many people were there. Because I think you came up and go, and you sort of did this like, I think both times you came up and was like, I, I'm trying to describe the the sort of attitude you had. It was like, you're welcome, but in like a cool way. Like You weren't like being a dick. You were just like, hey, so yeah, there's 150 people here, man. So uh, It's
0: like a whole lot of fucking people. Yeah.
1: Because back then, I was also
0: impressed that there were 100 people watching.
1: But what was so cool about Alley Taps, and, and actually, um, let's see, you're doing shows at, um, at Tin Roof now. Mm-hmm. What I think is so cool and what I think is awesome about what you're doing is that these are places that people who are not from here stumble into. And especially a place like Alley Taps and even the upstairs at Tin Roof, people are going to go in and be like, oh, like, cool. We fa-. And then remember last night when we found that place, it was like the second floor and there was like bands playing and like they were doing originals and like, you know what I mean? Like people, people want to hear that stuff. I remember seeing like it wasn't like a bachelorette party or anything, but I remember seeing like one night there was like four girls in the front row and I could just tell they were tourists. And it was mm-hmm. like, hey, that's cool. I'm glad you guys found this place, you know? So, and same with Live Oak. It was the same way. It was like, there's just. Every like, now and then tourists find these original music bubbles mm-hmm. and they,
0: they have a, I don't want to say a better experience, but they do. It's they because do. they get to have fucking fun mm-hmm. because they've seen something that's, that, that they haven't
1: seen before. And I love it too. When people come here and, and go, those guys sounded like, you know, whatever. They sounded like uh, Bruce Springsteen I thought Asheville was all country, you know, and. No, I mean, there's tons of different types of music here. The Basement, I will say, one of my favorite places, but that place is a little harder to get that sort of built-in crowd. Yeah, the Basement is a hard... It's a destination venue. But you figured it out. It seems like the best shows I've played have been there with you and then one with Ren Richards, which was on her own thing. And, Mm -hmm. dude, people showed up, and I was... And I remember I was bummed because my my bandmate had moved away at that point. And so I was playing a show as John and Joe, but Joe wasn't there. But there I, was no uh, there was no Joe. There was no Joe, and we, it was a great show. Just John up, and and I kind of like planned on not saying anything, but you know I'm kind of one of those people. I get up there and I don't know what I'm gonna say. As soon as right. I'm on stage, I more or less black out. <laughs> so I got up there. Hey, we're John and Joe, but Joe's not here because he moved away, and blah blah. It's not weird though. We're still cool, you know. Um,
0: just, <laughs> because as soon as like the duo breaks up, people are like, this, Yeah, you guys cool? Okay, yeah. It's like, it's like you, it's like you get divorced yeah. and people are like, so do we have to like take sides? You're
1: You're right. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) You're like, no. But then you're like, no one knows us. I'm not going to like, I announce my (laughs) official departure of John and Joe, you know? uh, So the, the, the band broke
0: up. Are you going to do solo stuff now?
1: It was that show that made me realize, um, and a couple different musicians from around town that made me realize in a, in a humbling way, you're not that big, just rebrand the band. That's cool. And and because I was playing that show after he'd moved away and we played a great show, it sounded great. I hired some great guns because it's like, Nashville, dude, you hire people who come in, they've done their homework, they maybe rehearsed the night before, maybe. Mm-hmm. But when we played with Dylan, dude, we didn't do a rehearsal with him. He Did came in not? and just played.
0: Yeah, and that was insane That's also the level of talent in this town is you just send people the songs and they just fucking know how to play them.
1: But it's just that anxiety. Of course, I, I would appreciate one rehearsal, but it's fine. It's like, he clicks in for the first song. Here we go. Yep. Here we fucking go, dude. And it worked. And it worked. But um, uh, that show was good. And I remember just kind of looking out there, seeing people smiling that it weren't my friends, going, these, these are good songs. And I was like, I'm just going to rebrand the band. So that's what I'm working on. That's cool. I'm working on it slow, because I've got a job and you know a girlfriend, and I've got other things going on. But I'm Being so, a grown-up fucking hurts. It does hurt. Because you have to go be a grown-up and pay your bills. But you're also like,
0: I want to be 22 again and mm-hmm. go play in a rock band. Mm-hmm.
1: So I'm going to rebrand it eventually. I've got a show in October. I'm giving myself time. Where's that going to be at? It's, uh, what's that thing called? Um, Pop Rocks?
0: Pop Rock, yeah. With uh, John Patty. Yep. Shout out, John Patty, Pop Rocks.
1: Yeah. He just emailed Nas for pictures and band names, and I was like, shit, I should probably get my whole band name and new photos <laughs> <laughs> going before I. Where,
0: where's the show? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's at. Because um, he doesn't. Cobra. Omit, the Cobra, yeah. He doesn't yeah. own a bunch of those East Nashville spots. Uh huh. He did him at a couple of like songwriter venues, and the vibe was just not right because. He's. I mean, pop rock, unfortunately, does not work in Yeehaw Country Bar.
1: Yes. But that's
0: what I love about you is you can kind of sneak it in. I I
1: sneak it in. But when you sneak it in, it works. Like, you know, we are not country. You know what I mean? Like, everything we've done has been pop rock. Even, like, Meg Riley, um, you know, as rocking as she is, I feel like she can kind of pull – she can almost be like – She plays that hummingbird. Yeah, and people are just like, oh, I think that was country, you know, even though it isn't. But we're not that at all, and when we sneak in, I think people are ultimately like, "Oh, that was cool," you know what I mean? So, so like,
0: for CMA Fest this year on Thursday, I got free tickets to the Nissan Stadium. Sick! And uh, oh, I saw
1: your, I saw your, uh, your, your stories. Yeah.
0: yeah so I saw. Let's see. It was uh, Darius Rucker, Zach Brown, mm-hmm. Jason Aldean, and Keith Urban, mm-hmm. which is country. Mm-hmm. Country is country, 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 country. Keith can play though. But, uh, oh God, what's his name? The... Uh, Aldine, mm. he lies to people about being a country band because they're playing in like drop c and they're it's just like heavy it is just so heavy and the only thing that's country about that music it's is saying country the fact that he's saying the word country and wearing a hat and he and he's got one of these yeah that's about it yeah but like everything he sings about is like country but like it's like it's like saying Nickelback is a country band. It's the same music. Yeah.
1: What I think is weird, and maybe you can uh, speak on this, is how some of the artists from the 80s and the 70s, if they were to come out with those songs today, when they were considered very rock, it would be almost people would think this is country. Because, you know, when Bruce Springsteen's singing Glory mm-hmm. Days... And he's like, I heard Brown's a big baseball player. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that sounds country. Or, or oh
0: god, what is it? Uh, the Eagles take it easy. It's like that'd be country. Yeah, that's just straight
1: country. I mean, there's a fucking
0: banjo on it.
1: Yeah, but in a way that kind of bums me out that like I could probably try to write a song like that, and I would be like, this is awesome. This is rock, and then people would be like, oh I hear country. I love it's a good like country no, song. you guys. Do you remember when rock was rock? Because it's, yeah, when when we wore leather and assless chaps. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Jason Aldean, though, there's a couple different artists, because I didn't grow up on country. I didn't either. Yeah, parents didn't listen to it. They have nothing against it, but they just didn't didn't listen to it. So I don't know anything about it. When I came here was when I was learning about country. When I started work downtown, I had to learn about country. There's a couple artists that nobody ever requests to hear. Uh, on the Pedal Tavern or any party buses or anything. Do you have, like, built-in PA on those? Yeah, there's, like, a speaker. I usually curate the playlist ahead of time. I take a look at the people. If they're bachelorettes, I know that they're not going to want to hear country very much. They're going to want to hear, yeah, And it always starts with, and then they are off. Let's go, girls. Yeah, uh, I can sing all those songs by heart. Um, But at the same time, I can enjoy those songs still. It's weird. It's like I can enjoy the musical aspect of it. For example, Shania Twain... Um, her producer was Mutt Lang, who produced Def Leppard, mm-hmm. also her ex husband. So, a lot of her songs have some of the same characteristics as Def Leopard songs, like multiple key changes. That song has a key change, it has a mode change. It's right. like, so, anyways. Man, um, feel,
0: man, I feel like a woman is. Well, I don't think people realize it's literally in two different keys. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's, it's because she can't sing that high in the original key. So, they have to just take it down mm-hmm. and people don't realize that that's like if that's i mean t- how much country music doesn't change keys it's
1: most songs g c d e minor but that that producer was genius at it and def leopard songs have seamless key changes mm-hmm. to where the average listener it, it comes out as a pop song but like when someone who's musically inclined listens to it they're like that's a key like, change oh, shit,
0: that's actually like good like uh, living on a prayer has that epic key change
1: right at the very where end where you can barely do it <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, his, his
1: voice is like starting to break up Yeah, yeah That's funny I wish I could sing that high Yeah, I attempted. it Everything about both of us doesn't say
0: like yeah. rock singer Because mm-hmm. of, everything about our voices is like Low We got
1: them nice baritone nice country voices I could probably be an okay country artist But I just, it's not in my blood to write those songs I've, I didn't grow up riding tractors None of them did either I've never bailed hay
0: None of them did either. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've never I've never owned cowboy boots. And it's like that's again, it's like uh, have you heard the Bo Burnham country song? Yes. Set like a one beer of my,
1: or whatever, yeah.
0: One of my favorite lines in that whole thing is you're writing songs about rotten tractors from the comfort of a private jet. I'm like, that's that's just that is exactly what country music is now?
1: Yeah, which it's like you don't want to say no, you can't say that if you're if you want to be country. So I'm not gonna like you know be mad at those people, but at the same time, it's yeah, it's a bummer. Um, but a good song's a good song. I mean, uh, if someone
0: likes it and someone buys it, that's really all dollars to donuts. That's what fucking matters.
1: Yeah, there's some that like literally irritate me, but I don't mind Luke Combs and you know other artists like Luke's Combs. Luke's Combs. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't need. Uh, I'm
0: working on a parody of uh, Beer Never Broke My Heart right now, and I haven't figured out what I want the hook to be To me, alcohol has always been
1: what actually gets my heartbreak started (laughs) I don't know how people are like, yeah, I'm drinking to forget, it's like, no, that's what makes me remember and then text my ex, I'm not single anymore so I wouldn't do that, but like, when I was single and desperate, yeah, that's you know, you have a couple beers and you text your ex it's just like,
0: so right now I'm also writing a parody of the Almond
1: Brothers' Ramblin' Man.
0: You know that one? Mm-hmm. I'm doing, I'm doing a parody right now. Lord, I was born a scramblin' man, bringing home bacon and eating the best I can. But when it's fried and greasy, just don't use your hands, because I was born a scramblin' man. It's <laughs> <laughs> just breakfast food. <laughs> That's hilarious. And that is the kind of dumb bullshit that I want to do for country music. Yes, yes. Because you've heard my How to Write a Country song also, haven't you? Yes. So... Tour Stop did a show on Friday the 10th, the first day, like the first real day of CMA Fest. Mm -hmm. And that was at the Cambria Hotel.
1: Sick. So I'm sure people were shuffling in and out. There was a
0: ton of people there. It was packed all day. But I played my How to Write a Country song. And I have never seen so many country music fans be offended and laughing at the same time. Because after I finished it, this one girl goes, oh, my God, it's so true. And I was like, yep, you got the joke. Good job.
1: Yeah. Um, that's what I like about your shows. Um, it reminds me of, cause I grew up on like Southern California, like pop punk and just that stuff and that scene and how the reason that that scene took off wasn't like because of the business. It was like, it was because surfers liked the music and then, you know, these surf videos are blowing up cause surfing is blowing up. And then what music was in the background was pop punk. And so the pop punk was blowing up. So it's like, for you to kind of I'm just kind of saying that like if you do cool things with like good intentions and because you love it then it ends up working sometimes and when it does it's really People special. People love it
0: anyways, right? So it's
1: like if you're up there and there's 5 of you on stage and you're you're playing as well and then it's four country artists and then you do that song, that's what I've loved. I've seen you you'll see those country artists who are great and then you do the song but they all take the joke. Nobody's offended up there. Yep. Everyone's like this guy's awesome. We know it's true. I know my songs are good too. His songs are good. And I just I think it's special that you can kind of go up there and do that because it kind of to me that's what's cool. It, like I I don't like going to writers rounds when it's too serious because they usually people are. take
0: themselves so seriously in this yeah. town.
1: You yeah. got You just got to turn that off. Yeah, you got to have fun with it. And I think I think at those shows, I was mood. at a show the other day
0: and this guy opens his round by saying, "I got a number one. I'm gonna play it last though," and I was like, <laughs> "Cool." Yeah. And then he played. A song called "Big Deck Energy." I was like, "Cool." So I, I I had an idea for a song as soon as he said, "I have a I had a number one." Yeah. And I was like, "I'm gonna write a song called Number One, but it's all about having to take a piss." <laughs> I had <laughs> so, a number. I had so to- I just started. I started writing like words for it. And it's like I had a number one. It wasn't very fun. Time moves very slowly when you have to pee. Just stuff like that. <laughs> it's Just dumb stuff. But it's like, I hear all these people taking themselves so fucking seriously. Yeah. And I'm like, just turn turn it down from 11, maybe bring it to a 9.
1: Yeah, 100%. It's like,
0: have, your, have yourselves a little fun.
1: That's what Nashville needs. A little more of that.
0: It does need a little bit more of that. Well, here, let's take one more quick commercial break, and then yeah. we'll come back with the Selective Listening Podcast. listening podcast my name is-
1: <coughs> everyone thinks that they sped it up on accident <laughs>
0: <laughs> thank you for listening to the selective listening podcast here my name is aaron and this week on the show we've got my pal john doyle sitting across from me and we've had a whole lot to talk about this week a lot of uh, broadway stuff a lot mm-hmm. of uh, a lot of pedal tavern talk mm-hmm. and uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit the the only pointed question of the show every week we always save this for the very end but uh I like to give people the opportunity to tell our listeners what they should listen to. So, John,
1: yeah.
0: give us a skinny. What do you think? What do you think the listeners this week should be listening to?
1: Um, man, I just think always go back to the greats. For my, in my opinion, um, I think I don't know if everyone else feels like this, but to me, I've I've never been the coolest up on the latest uh, artists guy. Ever me neither. So, I, so I've always been very jealous of the people that are like, always know they know about the cool bands, and they put in it. They're always like, oh, this this whole album is amazing, dude. So I felt for the first time like really out of touch with like
0: who was playing Bonnaroo this year because I looked at the lineup and I was like, okay, so let's see. The uh, Thursday lineup was let's or here today the eighteenth. The, 18th, the right. lineup mm-hmm. is Tool. Heard of Tool. Sure. Flume. Never heard. Twenty One
1: Savage. I guess I've heard of them or him. Or okay, her. so I know
0: Billy Strings, because I'm Asheville. Amazing player. Suicide Boys. <laughs> Porter Robinson. Nope. Mark Rebelet. Churches. Oh, Mark Rebillet I amazing. know Churches. Ch- Traverses
1: is one of my favorite bands,
0: actually. Uh, Chris Lake. Toby invingay, Mount Joy. All Time Low. I met All Time Low. Mm-hmm. Nora and Pure. Slow Thigh. Black Tiger Sex Machine. Yeah. Ash. Said this guy. Pigeons playing ping pong. Like, band names are getting worse. Yeah, because also. everything's
1: taken. Here's why band names are getting worse. For example, I'm trying to rebrand my band. <laughs> uh, I <laughs> Do think- not
0: name your band uh, Femi, Cootie, and the Positive Force. Hootie and the
1: Blowfish. Too close to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's too close to Hootie and the Blowfish. What's
0: actually cool is a friend of mine is playing Bonnaroo tonight. She's, her name's on the poster. Her name's Brie Kennedy. She's oh. a Nashville girl. That's amazing. Yeah, she played Tour Stop uh, September of 2021. Wow! Yeah,
1: good for playing her. Bonnaroo now. Yeah, that's awesome.
0: Blow up. Yeah. So yeah. So you're you going back to the greats? Are you talking about like uh like seventies eighties rockers? Yeah,
1: my guy.
0: Mm-hmm. You're in good company yeah. here. So who
1: who who are we listening to? So always Tom Petty. Always. Um, there's kind of to me there's like this class of of for me Tom Petty is grouped in with the same group as Bruce Springsteen, John Mellencamp heartland
0: american like heartland american rock and roll yeah
1: and i i find tom petty to be the most down to earth and best writer of all Mm -hmm. those guys i do like some bruce but i think he's overhyped compared to tom petty tom petty is just bruce without the e street band is just bruce yeah i do like some bruce too i mean i've always got hungry heart kind of in my rotation i love that song um right now i've got uh i always have don't do me like that by tom petty uh you never
0: seen the Tom Petty documentary on yeah, it's Netflix? Like, it's, like it's like four hours, hours long. long. Yeah,
1: yeah, I remember we started it me and my friend and and we ended up having to like get one of our you friends to, to watch bring us it food
0: in, in different uh in different sections because you're like, god, I didn't realize we were getting into like a whole night.
1: We did it all the way through. Did you really? And, and we had our friend, we like literally called our friend. I think we wow. paid her some money. Can you please bring us food? We're trying to like make it through this, you know. So yeah, Tom Petty, uh, you know, all that stuff, all that old stuff. Um then there's some kind of like Brit pop stuff. I really like the English beat. Uh, yeah, it's That
0: Tom Petty documentary, Running Down a Dream, is four hours and 19 minutes long. Yeah. But, but it's, it's so just, worth
1: it. It's not like, oh, guys. It's God, amazing. It's, it's amazing.
0: It's not like shit, really. You couldn't have edited
1: out stuff. And see stuff. with the documentary that long,
0: you can really get into, like, what actually happened with the band. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more just than they're just... And, oh, well, Tom was mad. And yeah. We're better he, now. Yeah.
1: And I, and I love Nashville for, for that sort of... For the reason of... I've got a friend, close friend of mine who would every year go to the beach with Stan Lynch, who is the drummer from Tom Petty. And it was, I think it was sort of famously known that Tom and him were kind of always at odds. And I think he ended up, I don't know if Tom kicked him out of the band, but whatever happened and he just wasn't their drummer anymore. Um, But I just love Nashville because it's like, yeah, Justin Timberlake's Christmas cards on my fridge. (laughs) You know what I mean? My my dad worked at, you know, whatever record label growing up, the people who are locals here, and it's the like, girl who
0: works at the front desk at our office here, named Caroline, mm-hmm. her dad was a uh, touring player with Elvis Costello,
1: so cool. And Love him. I
0: didn't, I didn't think anything of that until yeah. Caroline started bringing me Elvis Costello's like swag. She's like, I was at, my, I was at Elvis's house this weekend, and just she just like has his stuff. And uh, after I had my ear surgery, she had Elvis Costello send me a get better soon video.
1: Oh, he's and he's so yeah, so sweet he's too. like.
0: Hey Aaron, heard you guys were going to come uh, hang out with me down in New Orleans for Jazz Fest, but you had a surgery on your ear and I am sorry you can't be here. Would so love they're to that hang close. out. He, it was it was like for me. It wasn't just some like generic video. But like he was like, "Would love to would love to see you down at a show again sometime whenever you're feeling better." And right. It was, and I was like, "You you got a celebrity musician because you're just pals with him." Mm-hmm. It's like I want to be pals with celebrity musicians and I'm
1: not, yeah. And I'm not trying to say that any of those people don't appreciate those musicians. But I, I, what I think is so funny is that growing up, if I was going to the beach with somebody, you know, when you're a five-year-old up until you're however many years you go to the beach with this person or whatever it is, you're probably just going to think, Oh, he's just a regular guy. It's just my buddy. It's my dad's friend. Yeah. And, but it's like, no, this guy's a legend. Oh my God. So yeah. Uh, Tom Petty, uh, squeeze, uh, Squeeze? Yeah, I've uh, never heard of Squeeze. I don't know if I, can we play songs on here? Or are they gonna? Um, I don't. Okay, that's fine. There's a song called "Tempted" by Squeeze. You'll know it. Um, Interesting. Great song. Great band. I've never heard of Squeeze. Sam Fender. Mm-hmm. You listen to him? He's mm-hmm. kind of, he's kind of bringing that Bruce Springsteen thing to life. Now he's from Scotland, I think. He's incredible. Uh, cool the... for
0: cats up the junction. Some Squeeze songs if you're looking for them. Yeah, Label, labeled with love
1: tempted it's like their big hit though which is weird because i think one of the guys in the band who didn't really sing that many songs wrote it and it's like just their big hit it was famously in like a heineken commercial at one point okay anyways they're great the shadow boxers i believe they're a nashville band originally there's a song called i can't stop thinking about you everyone should listen to it that song is i think that song has been on my playlist for about two years now or maybe a year and a half it's i think it's one of the best written songs ever okay or it just resonates with me at least the Shadow Boxers. That's a cool band name. Yeah, it is. That is a cool band name. The War on Drugs, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, who doesn't like them right now? There's a band called Japanese Breakfast. I've they, never heard of them. They have a song called Be Sweet. Japanese Breakfast? Yeah. Okay. Um, and then The Pretenders. They're, they're up there for me. Dude, uh, so
0: I, I right. got familiarized with The Pretenders because they had that song. Um, it was some song on Guitar Hero 2. Um, Wouldn't, would it have been Brass in Pocket? No God, the Pretenders. Let me hold Middle on. All the look road. It up here. I mean,
1: I don't know what would tattooed been.
0: love boys. Okay, yeah, yeah tattooed yeah, yeah. love boys yeah, yeah. was on, and I, I back at the time, it was that was like the softest song on Guitar Hero. It was like, this song's fucking lame. It's like go play more Black Sabbath. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Totally, but dude, the Pretenders, another another great rock band. Great Just, band. That is a that is. I mean, that that's like late seventies. That is like classic rock as classic rock could have ever been. Mm-hmm. And I just love that stuff. A a bygone era, because there's not a lot of bands that are doing like that. Because have you heard uh, Wolfgang WVH or Mammoth WVH? Mm -hmm. So that's like that's very rock, but it's super heavy rock. And there's I don't feel like there's just a lot of bands who are just doing like rock 1.0
1: these yeah, days. Yeah, I've been trying to, and it's difficult because I came from pop punk. Mm-hmm. If I want to write if I want to write a pop punk song, it's easy. And, right. and it's just, I think for maybe, one, because it's an easy genre to write for, but two, because that's my, in my DNA. I grew up playing nothing but Nirvana, Blink-182, Green Day, all those bands on guitar. And so that's just in my DNA. But when I want to write, the stuff I'm working on now and like some John and Joe song, songs tried to carry that torch of Pretenders, Tom Petty, And I can get
0: you to come to that 90s show that I'm doing in August, and you can come do uh, American Idiot, or no, shoot, not American Idiot, a basket case or something. I would love
1: to. Do you have the time? I would love to. That'd be fun. A (laughs) time to listen to me whine. I'd love to. That'd be fun. Love Green Day. Um, Always been more of a Blink fan myself, but. uh, I did a parody of All the Small Things mm -hmm. from the
0: perspective of Santa. (laughs) 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 It's all the small Christmas things. (laughs) What? Here, hold on. I'll read the I'll read the words for it here. Um I wrote this song with Coley Kohler, a friend of mine who I do all of my uh cool my name. funny songs with. And let's see, hold on. All the small Christmas things <laughs> is right here. So it's all the small things I bring with me on my night shift, my or li- er, so it says naughty or nice, my list check twice.
1: Oh, so it's like actually it's from Santa's perspective.
0: All the Small things (laughs) I bring with me, naughty or nice. On my list, I check twice each year. I go red suit and red nose, watching, waiting, but you'll never see me. Say hey. it ain't snow. I will still go. <laughs> Keep your lights on. I'm in your ho, 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 home. <laughs> hey,
1: thank you for keeping it alive for the children. That's nice. Uh, then
0: then this verse two is, Late night North Pole works tough. She knows there's milk and cookies by the stairs. <laughs> Surprises let me know she cares.
1: <laughs> thank you for that.
0: Wow. Yeah, I, do, I love doing uh, Christmas parody songs. So I've got have got a whole like if when I do writers rounds around Christmas time, I just do all my funny Christmas songs.
1: I love that you do that.
0: I it, I mean people All the love, rest of us take ourselves too seriously and then you do that and it's amazing <laughs> It brings it back down to earth. I did uh, a parody of Shania Twain's Man I Love Band Santa called Man I Love Band Santa. And uh it's a ho ho ho, my name is Santa.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it is just so stupid. It's, it's like so dumb. <laughs> Um, like people are like mad at you, like for
0: it's like they they're they're mad that they're laughing. Yeah, yeah. That's- but the the best one that I've done, uh, I I never practiced playing, and I just winged it once, and it's the twelve drinks of Christmas. Oh. On the first drink of Christmas, my cooler gave to me a Budweiser in a koozie. <laughs> but then every subsequent drink, I change the key a little. So by by the twelfth drink, I'm singing it.
1: Twelve pack of Truly,
0: eleven cups of. O-.
1: And then I do. You, and you're ma- playing that live. I did that live. So you're talented enough to just change the key of something and go yes. with it. Wow. Okay. I'm not. And
0: then I did a magical thirteenth day, and it says, "In God now, I really must pee." <laughs> and then I, I, and then I literally drop my guitar and just leave the room and run off stage and go to the bathroom. What a what a performance that it it's it's must a it's be. performance art. That's all it is. Wow. Okay, well, John, tell uh, tell our listeners where they can find you on social media, uh, so they can keep up with you, the places you're playing, the mm-hmm. the new band that mm-hmm. will eventually be here. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything you wanna Anything you wanna plug? Like I here. said
1: earlier, I'm an adult now, so it's hard to just make the time to do the things that I really want to do. I'm always writing songs. I'm never gonna quit doing that. But and I wish I had the new band name. I wish I had everything to roll out. But if you guys can just follow John and Joe at Instagram, uh, that's what the name still is um until i have my new brand uh launched it's gonna be the same music it's gonna be everything's the same just a new band name um so at the moment it's john and joe john joe music if you can't find that um but i think we're i think it's just at john and joe on instagram yes it is yeah um yeah so that'll be where you guys can find stuff right now it's just one post kind of talking about how uh the band's sort of in a changing period right now gonna get uh um you know, new name and everything. But uh, I think if you guys like classic rock, um, if you guys like just, yeah, down-to-earth rock, um, alternative chorus guitars, stuff like that, you'll like us.
0: Um, you have music on Spotify too
1: as well, oh, don't yeah. you? Yeah. Yep. If you type in John and Joe, we're pretty much the first thing to come up. Um, we've got lots of songs on Spotify. Funny story, our most played song, Hearts Unknown. Uh, not, even our, not even my favorite song by us, but that song has the amount of plays that it has because we uploaded it and spotify put it under the artist joe you know the guy oh wow the guy that you listen to for sexy time mm-hmm. uh the r&b artist wow um, so they kind of messed up so they kind of messed up but also it's it's funny because we're still on some people's playlists uh unintentionally <laughs> uh under it's their, got twenty two thousand streams <laughs> yeah and i i don't want people to think we bought that because we literally we uploaded it and, and no one could find it and it was one of those oh shit moments so like a week later it finally got corrected because you know when you're not a big artist one of my things, favorites has
0: hurt so bad
1: Thank you, dude. I wrote that song in like five minutes. That never happens for me. It takes me forever. Me and my girlfriend were off and on at, at the beginning years ago, and uh, or a year and a half ago or so. And uh, I was so just you know upset, and I love those moments where it just comes out it's so quick.
0: Hurt so bad, you know it hurts so yeah. bad. Also,
1: Ugh. one of the harder ones for me to perform, but I love because it's so high. It's high, and then I have to do this like kind of thing <laughs> while I'm singing, and it's like. It's just hard. <laughs> it's a
0: hard. You and you're a you were a power trio the first time I saw you because you it was just you, Joe, and, uh, and Dylan. Dylan.
1: Mm-hmm. We like that look, but I actually prefer to be uh, free piece. of the of the chains of a of a click track and and tracks. Right, I, I prefer that playing. With I was, a click I've track played a power trio for a
0: while. It's fun. It is fun. Yeah, it's, it's fun, and it's really raw because if you can get three really strong players, you really don't need more, and that's, that's what bands that have eight players, I'm like, there's so many layers here, and that sounds cool, but there's a reason, like, The Police and Nirvana and... Mm-hmm. Green Day. The, Green Day. All mm-hmm. these other incredible
1: bands have made it is because they're just all so proficient. Totally. And so
0: loud.
1: Well, and, the, and, like, the way that people write songs now is just so different. I mean, not everyone writes songs this way, but I certainly do, especially now that I'm pretty much solo. Most of us sit at the computer, and we do what's best for the song. Um, and in terms of like adding layers, adding things that you wouldn't necessarily be able to play and sing, whereas bands like Green Day and Nirvana sat in a room mm-hmm. and they jammed it out. They jammed so, it out. So I miss like, those days. Yeah, so like they're not going to play anything that they can't play and sing. It's like they're going to sound good because they're doing it as a band, whereas for me now it's like when I show up for practice, I'm like, let's see how this sounds. We here's here's the this, here's this song. Let's see what happens. I might have to like drop the song live we even have some songs that like we try to do and it ends up sounding empty because there's just like a layer that like we can't figure out how to add live or it's just some things right you know so yeah
0: well follow john doyle uh on on instagram at john and joe john and joe and uh follow him on spotify listen to hurt so bad yep. and thank uh, you
1: and it's my, probably my favorite song too. go
0: go just go stream their go stream their catalog give him if, if you stream everything one time he'll make Eight cents
1: or so. Yeah, I appreciate. It. <laughs> I'll go shame <laughs> everything gumball.
0: a thousand times so he can go uh, buy like cookout or McDonald's on the yeah, way. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you for listening to this week's episode. You can follow us at Selective Listening Pod on Instagram. You can follow me at the Aaron Shilb across platforms. We'll be back here next week with another fun interview with uh, guest TBD. Why would I give it away? You'll find out when you see it pop up on your feed here. But please share it on your social medias. Tell your friends. Uh, we we do these shows, and it's just fun because we sit here, drink beer, and uh, talk about nothing somehow for two hours. Seinfeld in podcast form. <laughs> Well, we'll be back here next week with a selective listening podcast, but until then, just remember that the world is your burrito!